0: Hello and welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Hope you had a good weekend. been a cloudy start here on Monday, but it's just clearing up now. Um, and an interesting podcast to come. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and that sister company, Serene AV, definitely contactable online through their website Also, social media some pretty cool videos on their instagram as well bang Olofson cheltenham uh, with new equipment so on and so forth so check out jason briggs and his team who are housed in the courtyard in montpellier uh, good people good local business to meet. as is uh, cytoplan which is a supplement company up the road that my father's been consulting with for decades I think I've been taking supplements there for at least 20 years now, since my early to mid-teens and um, food-based supplements espousing the theory that's digested like uh, food would be. And my dad's a big advocate of that, particularly the trace elements, they're having their supplements like the foundation formula and the immunovite, uh, selenium and zinc, big sort of focuses of, of him and something he's very passionate about is the erosion of soil, the over rotation of soil in the industrial farming age, particularly in the UK. And as I know, people listen to this from around the world, so you have to check the soil areas in uh, or soil levels of things like selenium and zinc and other trace elements in your area, particularly if you're in a big country like the United States, your local area, because it will vary from state to state, region to region. Um, but if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, and use the discount code DRAPER10, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, then the number's one zero. You'll get ten percent off uh, with those guys. Um, I wish you well and good health this week. As if you've got children, particularly at school, kind of um, surviving and staving off the onslaught of the regular seasonal coughs and colds. Not to mention that kind of uh, haunting sort of presence of, of COVID nineteen or whatever in the background that we're all slightly the about even if it's just we don't want to have to isolate and things like that it's a tricky one isn't it so trying to stave off symptoms for me is a key and i take immunovite is a big one with cytoplan i double m uh, u n o v y t e so yeah best of luck with that and uh, have a great week uh, on that note i hope this helps you have a great week the audio quality slightly elusive but hopefully you enjoy it because ben markle was a man on the move he's working now as uh, basically a sort of semi-counselor, sort of guide, mentor to young footballers. He's only 24 years of age himself, but he's had a a quite turbulent time over the past decade or so. The real high as a 13-year-old of moving from Cheltenham Town's youth system, that's a fourth-tier football club in England, up to Stoke City, who were then in the Premier League. This was around 2009 when they'd been in the Premier League a year or so uh, under Tony Pulis. And a lot of optimism and excitement went into Europe as well. And he talks about that kind of time, but then how his career and his potential seems to get lost in a, uh, a mist of, of gambling addiction and, and different distractions and inability to focus and, I guess, mental health issues because of that. And he's now playing um, at a lower tier, semi-professional level at Bracknell Town in Berkshire, which I've actually played on. They played a the charity game there a couple of years ago um, with a Sky Sports colleague. But uh, Ben's a fascinating character, very lucid, very articulate for a young man, and very. Um, able to, to sort of explain his, his difficulties and particularly when he, his dream at Stoke had sort of started to dissipate and he got sent out to Berth now being another lower level team and uh, started to really struggle psychologically and, and found his, I guess, some kind of respite but ultimately a negative one in, in gambling. So I hope you like this. Ben Markle, footballer and uh, now mentor to young people trying to steer them through the choppy waters of trying to make it in professional football and all the psychological stresses that entails that, that kind of atmosphere of constant evaluation and judgment and difficulty. Here we go. Hello, Ben. Ben, can you hear me? Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Thank you. Sorry for keeping Good. you. you okay? No. Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad at all. Good. I was just speaking to the um, boxing writer, Tris Dixon, actually, and uh, we had a slight connection problem, so I was a couple of minutes late. But what is chat we'll get into, obviously, your work with with footballers and uh, and everything, but I couldn't believe how young you are yourself. And you you are still playing, aren't you? You're preparing for a season at Bracknell Town. I read. Is that correct? Or
1: correct, you... correct. Um, I've been with Bracknell since the start of this season. I didn't play towards the end of last season due to obviously problems off the pitch. Yeah. Um, but then um, through the PFA um, got connected with the manager at Bracknell. Um, who was on my UA for course as well, yeah, um, and yeah, managed to start getting back into it this year, and yeah, looking forward to the opportunity. Really good,
0: good. Well, that's great. I mean, because when I heard your story, I almost envisaged you being sort of in your early forties or something, and this being a, <laughs> yeah, a, a, a the look way. back. But you're, you're you're young, so I mean, do you still harbour right. ambitions of, of, of once you kind of conquer the? The gambling demons of, of pursuing a career in football or are you are you more inclined now towards sort of helping other people or, or is it a bit of both
1: yeah um, no I think i've kind of let that let that ship sail i think i've kind of um, realized now obviously i'm not I'm, obviously i 'm not too too uh, too old and not too young, but um, I just feel that now my my ambition lies in a different different kind of different route um, mm. and helping others and and trying to get into the business side of football is probably where I, where I stand now, yeah. to be honest.
0: Well, the, I mean, it's happened. It seems, I guess, 2009 probably for you seems a long time ago, but it seems like flash mm-hmm. of the eye for me. I'm 39 and I got married in 2009. <laughs> yeah. so, but this was a sort of time when you moved as a, as a schoolboy from Stoke up to Stoke from, mm-hmm. from Cheltenham, didn't you? Absolutely. I mean, that, it, you talk about youth. Is, is that what struck you as just the, the scale of that for such a young person? How, was that part of the, the psychological difficulty of dealing with
1: all that? Um, I, I think so I think it was more to be honest that I took that one very well within my stride absolutely I think um, I didn't really let that get to my head it was really when I left Stoke that the problems really mm. really evolved because um, I, I struggled going then from from the elite down back down to where I come from mm. um, so I, I kind of felt that I worked so hard to get to where I got um, and then when that was taken away from me that's when I started to struggle um, but getting to there, when I got to there, I think I, I massively took it in my stride. I think I went leap. I think it, in fact, it, it kicked me on even more. Yeah. Um, and at the, at the time, there was many, many clubs across the country to be honest that was that was looking at me and very much interested. So it was, it was more, more when, um, as I say, when, once I left. Um, once I left Stoke, that the problem started to arise, really. So, you were
0: 13 when you left Cheltenham. and Was it a 70, £70,000 fee that uh, Stoke paid for you? Yeah. I mean, that must have been... Yeah. How did that, yeah. was that... So, you used that as a kind of confidence boost, did you, as is, is knowing that um,
1: you paid that. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's, been, it's like, uh, you know, my, my father at the time and stuff, we tried to keep it, as, keep it away from me as much as possible and, and tried to play it down. Um, it's quite difficult because, you know, I'm... It was all over Sky Sports News, BBC News. Mm. Um, it, was, it was quite difficult to, you know, to keep it away, away from me. But try to play it down as much as possible, really, and just take it in my stride. What, which I think, as I say, what position do you play better, well. your striker? <laughs> yeah, striker. So, well, I'm with my age. <laughs> with my age, I say I'm only young, but with my age, I'm slowly moving back to. So I class myself as a number ten now, oh, just in the uh, attack. A uh, luxury player pulling the strings. In the hole, pulling the strings well, trying to yeah. trying oh, to oh
0: nice but that was what caught the attention was it goal scoring that was just grabbed everyone's attention when you were 13 yeah correct absolutely I was um,
1: if I'm totally honest I've, I've not grown from when I was 13 till now um, yeah so I was a big I was a big lad back then so I used to um, I used to dominate to be honest um, and that was solely I, you know I, I was technically good but due to size as well that helped uh, massively and, and yeah goals um, that was my thing. I scored for. I'd like to say I scored for fun, but <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, I was certainly a goal scorer. Did that, did that hinder
0: your development a bit? Do you feel that because you were so much bigger and, and stronger than the other the guys that you you, would, you didn't emphasise your technique at that age? Because there's always that Correct. debate in football, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. I think that's such a good. I think that's a, such a good point there. Um, absolutely. I, I feel that due to my size, I never had to really even up until 16. To be honest, it was only when I was turning in into a, probably an adult coming up against men yeah. that I started to find I wasn't able to bully people anymore. Mm. Um, even throughout the whole of the academy years, it was just ball into feet, pin the defender, <laughs> turn, score. And that was simply it, just because I was stronger than everyone, I was bigger than everyone. But when I started to come up against men that were, you know, 23, 24 in the 23s, um, it becomes a bit more difficult, yeah. Um, and then, and then you can slowly, slowly, slowly get found out. Especially the lower leagues you drop because the players become more physical. So when I moved to Burton, um, the players started to become an awful lot more, an awful lot more physical. Yeah, that
0: level of was that League One? Was it at that point that
1: they were in? Yeah, so when I joined, it was League Two. But then, obviously, when I was there, we moved to League One. Mm. Yeah. So that's, so, that's but, yeah. a rugged
0: style, isn't it? But I suppose that's where you would have ended up potentially with Cheltenham if you stayed there. Do you sort of reflect upon maybe? wishing you'd stayed at Cheltenham Town. Who was the the boss at that point at Cheltenham?
1: Um, So it was Mark Yates was the first team manager, but Ken Oram, who who was it that looked after me, Yeah, um, who was brilliant. And and me and my family, to be honest, to this day, always say, you know, I I I wish I would have stayed. But in hindsight, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And personally, you know, when the opportunity comes to move to a European football club, in the Premier League at the time, Stoke, it, it, it was, I was never going to turn it down.
0: What was the mood like there? They must have, because that was, you know, they'd been in the top division for the first time in, in decades <laughs> and there was like a real euphoria and momentum around Stoke,
1: wasn't there, <laughs> under, under Tony Pulis at that point? It, it was amazing. Um, we, the assist, um, the head of the academy at the time was Steve Holland, England's assistant manager mm. now. Um, and the whole club was just it was am- I, 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 I couldn't really get my breath when I moved there. Um, we were just having the Clayton Woods, which was state of the art facilities being built. Yeah. Um, and everything was just on a normality High, the whole club. And they, they had a
0: kind of um, like um, a, a sort of real community sort of spirit, didn't they? There was sort of an outpost because I know the first season in the Premier League, Paddy Power paid out on them relic- being relegated didn't they? in September or something <laughs> like that. And then they proved everyone wrong and they're finishing top half in the Premier League and... and they had that kind of old school industrial approach, the long throw-ins and
1: stuff. It almost seemed Absolutely. like they were. It
0: was them against the world. They must have had a great spirit there.
1: It, it was. It was. It, it was. You know, I remember my, my two um, coaches. Like you know, it was like like yesterday. You know, Chris um, Chris Swift and Craig Ramage, who played for Derby, mm. um, were my yeah. were my coaches um, coming through, and and we had a great a great 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 connection. Um, really helped me. Really helped me. Um, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie, Sinclair, who who's played as well, who um, he's, I think, he's actually at Port Vale now as assistant manager or mm. goalkeeper coach. Um, he was there as the uh, right hand to Steve, uh, Steve Holland, and and it was a great time. I really, really enjoyed my time and it, 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 especially at the start. Especially at the start. Mm.
0: Yeah, what was Tony Pulis like? Did you have any conversations with him at that time?
1: Yeah, Tony was very old school. So we trained. I um, used to uh, miss miss school on three days a week, four days a week, I think it was, to travel up to Stoke. Um, and uh, as you've seen, boys, we would sort of shadow the first team um, when they were doing people possession. Um, and he's as, as much as as much as what he comes across on the TV. Very nice guy. Very old school. Yeah. Um, so very structured and everything in the club. was Just
0: pre- done pre- Preach
1: effort, did he? Above all, was that the kind of the, the sort of correct. message? Yeah, correct. Everything in the club was that you know, and and, and that was their philosophy from start to finish, um, from the top down to the to the I men. Everything was done professionally and everything was done right.
0: So, what happened with the move to Burton? Then was it? You say it was? A, it became a challenge at 16-17 For you physically to. Impose yourself, and, the, and the perhaps they, they came to you and said, "We think you need to, to leave or go out." Was it a loan deal for Burton, or what was the um, arrangement? Well, what
1: happened is um, Steve Holland actually left to go to Chelsea, mm. um, and the new academy manager came in at the time. Um, I won't really mention names, but we just didn't get on, um, and a lot of clubs at that particular moment in time was, was looking at me, um, and he actually the academy manager at the time pulled my dad in um, and said. Has then got an, um, an agent. Obviously, you're not allowed to sign with agents till 16. Um, but I didn't have um, He said because we've never had as many inquiries for a lad at his age. Really? Um, and so I tried to force through a few a few moves, but they just was adamant. They didn't want to let me go. Yeah. Um, so why did you want to leave? It was just the manager uh, at
0: Stoke. It was the problem was it? It just yeah, yeah
1: yeah. It just went. It just went. It went a bit sour for me when obviously new, new, new recruit and um, new team come in. and, obviously I started bringing in a lot of lads from down south because they were from down south. Yeah. Um. So a lot of southern lads were coming up. Um. When really, to be honest, our side that we had, my age group, you know, we shouldn't. We were we were very very good. Um. And and obviously when you know that a lot of other clubs are interested in you and things aren't going right, you start trying to I guess like anyone, your ears start pricking and you start thinking of the next move and, mm. and that's what I did. I went to, I, I went um, there was West Brom, um, Wolves, 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 and, Wondred, um, and you're, you're
0: a Birmingham boy, obviously, you can the tell Wolves. by the, uh, the accent, Correct. so that was all close, yeah. all close clubs to you, so it wasn't, that was quite, quite right. attractive, I suppose.
1: Absolutely, I think the, 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 the main attraction was obviously Birmingham, um, so I actually agreed to deal with, with Birmingham um, and it would have been a four-year deal um, at the age of 16, um, which fell through due to one, their academy manager actually left the club um, due to an incident that happened with one of their players going out on loan oh, underage. No. Mm. Um, so that fell through, so I had to move back to Stoke um, and they kept me there till the last day of my contract okay. and then said, look, we're not going to renew, which I knew would happen due to the fact that I obviously tried to force things through. Mm. Um, and then, which probably shouldn't have done again mm. in hindsight. Um, and then it becomes to May, May 8th, at the end of May time, and I'm without a club. Yeah. Um, so. Ben, there's just a little, there's a little to, bit of noise yeah. coming
0: out in the background. don't know if that's. Sorry, someone I want apologise. Yeah, one moment. No man. worries, don't worry. Just uh, if you could move. I know it's difficult to yeah. try and be a little bit close to the router as well if you can with the Wi Fi or just for signal. Yeah. It's a, Is that a bit better? Yeah, back? that's great, mate.
1: That's great. So. Um, 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 yeah so I've, I found myself going to um burton uh, burton Albion um and was there for around um was there for around two, nearly three years at burton um but that 's where I started to struggle because i just couldn 't adapt yeah from going from a elite should we say premier League sort of established premier League club to a league two club where where really you know the changing rooms. We got changed in a working men's club. Yeah. Um, we've you know was this was this the first was this the feelings. first
0: team at Burton or was this the reserves?
1: Yeah. So 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 the uh, reserves. So and then the first team was getting changed at the Pirelli hmm. um, at the at the ground. Um, but we were you know we were in we were kind of what's the word integrated with them anyway. So if that's the right word, integrated. So yeah, we, yeah. Integrated. Yeah. That's the way. So we integrated. Yeah. We integrated with them, but. But as I say, yeah, it was. It, it that's where I found it difficult, just because you know at, at Stoke, you know, we used to get fed, we used to have, you know, nutritionists, sports scientists, you know, like fifteen physios, you know, ice baths after every game, um, you know, the, the state of the art gyms, and and that's where I struggled really, mm. uh, really adapting from going from that that elite level down to basically where I started and I just I I think I felt like obviously it was a fall from grace and I couldn't adapt to to trying probably the lads that were there had a bit more hunger than me because they'd come from that level and they wanted to get to the level that I was at Yeah, but because I, I, I felt that I was warranted for the level that I was at I couldn't find the hunger to you know to get so back you, to that you
0: felt that you, your momentum was against you whereas they felt they were rising so it's that sort of that psychology of it w- was key so it was gambling wasn't it there was Absolutely. a difficulty where did that come in because i suppose Correct. your youth coincided with the, the real rise and an
1: opportunity yeah. to
0: gamble online wasn't it that became a Correct. Huge thing on, on phones
1: yeah so to be honest um, for me it was it, it, it was when I moved, as I say, that 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 period of when I went to Burton, because I guess for me it was gambling become a, a, a thing of security, and I didn't want to. It got me away from going to. So, for instance, I did. There was times I didn't. I faked injuries. I didn't turn up to training. Wow. And I'd go to the bookies, and that kind of kept me there. So you you you, um, you were gambling. Was, you weren't
0: even doing it on your phone. You're doing it in person. Were you at the bookmakers? Yeah, in
1: person, in bookmakers, and and it was for me. That's where, and I I I, I truly believe it was because. As a young lad, I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to because if I spoke to my first, my, my manager at Burton, he was very old school, he was Mike Whitlow who played for Bolton, etc. Mm. Um, and I felt like, not that he would because he's a lovely bloke and he was a tough man, and he, he probably would have helped me, but the stigma around him would have been, I, I felt too embarrassed to go and approach him. Yeah. Um, and it was the same with my father, you know, family, family members. Again, I'm sure that would have helped me massively, but because I was doing something that, you know, deemed to be every boy's dream and something that someone would love. Yeah, people how people don't have
0: empathy for you or sympathy. So correct. correct.
1: It would be it would be how can you how can you how can you be so um, so sort of ungrateful for the opportunity that you've got, rather than me actually feeling so so low whilst i was there what were, what were you gambling um, on ben um if i'm totally honest, i said anything really yeah. it wasn't it wasn't in it wasn't any it were, you know i didn't go to the casinos i've never been to really been to a casino in my life it was just literally the bookies mm. um and yeah football you know the 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 sports industry should we say um and And as I say, yeah, that's that's where it started, really. And did that financially become an issue for you? Were you getting into trouble? Yeah, of course, of of course. I don't think anyone that gambles with an addiction can tell me that they're not, um, unless they're, you know, a professional gambler. That you know, and even then, I don't feel that you know they can't tell me they don't get into difficulty because you know, you, in my opinion, as an addicted gambler, you gamble until you have nothing left. Yeah, Um, and that that was my. So you get, you get a high
0: from just doing it. You placing the bet makes you feel feel good. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think it's a winning mentality as well, isn't it? You know, I because I wasn't getting my kick out of football anymore. I needed to get that kick from somewhere. Mm. Um, that kick, that kick of, and I was never going to, you know, turn to drink because that's just not me as a person. I was never going to turn, you know, to some people, people, all everybody in the world, in my opinion, has an addictive personality. It's where you channel it. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah in my opinion so you know some people may may spend time in the gym every day some people may may spend time um, shopping and some <laughs> people may spend time drinking it, it, people have different formulas of yeah. what they spend do, time do, doing do you think
0: people who succeed in sport and uh, you know you'll say that you didn't get where you wanted to go in football but you were, were a level that a lot of people would aspire mm-hmm. to be at do you think Correct. there's something addictive about you, the mindset you have to have because you have to be quite obsessive don't you to, to get that skill level absolutely
1: Absolutely. And I think that, I think if I'm totally honest, I think because I lost that, that, lost that passion, um, that's where I needed to find, I I, I needed the gambling to feed it. Yeah. um, Because I, I, that, you know, that was my, that was my obsession for 20 years. Mm. Um, That is, that, you know, and, and and to be honest, it's still, you know, now that, you know, I'm overcoming it, I'm finding my passion in a different way. Yeah. Um, But for, but for 20 years, that was, that was my passion. We do have alcoholics um, in football,
0: don't we? But, but gambling is a particular problem. Is that because of the opportunity? Because people are cognizant of wanting to look after their bodies, I guess they wouldn't necessarily become Correct. alcoholic. But the gambling, is, yeah. it, you have time, don't you, as well? The after training to do it potentially.
1: Um, yeah, that that was me. To be honest, I, you know, for, for me personally, it was never. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done. You know, drugs, drink, etc. Down that route because I knew I needed to still be able to perform when I was playing. Yeah, and um, so that, as you say, gambling was a case of, you know. You could you could do that in your spare time, all day, every day, and no one would ever know about it. It's, it's invisible um, it, until until you have to speak out to someone. No one would ever know. Mm. Yeah. And what was the? I mean, the, the whole process because you're only 24
0: now of that mm-hmm. that decade between leaving Cheltenham at, at 13 and now that process mm-hmm. of being constantly evaluated and judged. What's that like for a young player trying to make it? Because that can't yeah, be hard. It's... You're always
1: being you're always being evaluated, aren't you? And, and, and notes made about Correct. you. Correct. And that's, all, you know, I, I'll also, I'll always say this. Um, I said it to friends, family, until you're in that position, um, nobody will truly know. Mm. Um, everyone thinks it's an easy opportunity, but until you're in that position and you're, you're you know, you're, you're continuously having to, like you say, prove and, and show a worthy, um, show how much you're, you're worth, etc. It's difficult. It's not easy. Football is not an easy industry, and it's a difficult one. And is it still um, is it still and,
0: subjective? Because we hear a lot about stats and numbers, but do you feel that it still comes down to coaches and, and relationships you have with them, and and, and and like to put it simply, who fancies you, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, most definitely. Of course, I don't think there's anything in life that's not like that, is it? Where your face fits, you are always going to have that opportunity. Better, and and I, when I moved to Stoke, my face fit perfect, and, mm. and everything was everything was you know as I sound an almighty high, and that. Uh, when that's switched, that's obviously when, you know, and and if you can't, if you're a person that can't face, face um, adversity in the difficult times, then you're going to struggle in football because it's not always on a high. I mean, that's what I struggled with. uh, uh, You know, from my career, even when I was at Cheltenham, everything was on a high Mm. Um, and I didn't adapt and, and do well when it went to a low um, at the low times and, and that was solely because I felt that I didn't really have any direction or any guidance.
0: Yeah. Would you, would you advise people who get the opportunity as, as teenagers if you listen to this or I guess you, the movements you're doing now to promote gambling, addiction, awareness and help players, would you advise them to stay at the smaller club to, to develop rather than, than have that offer? Because I remember the famous one was John Bostock when I was working at BBC London in 2007. He went from Crystal Palace, he made his debut at 15, to Tottenham and I think he's playing in Asia or something now, and uh, uh, so I
1: think there's a stories about that that quite scary. You also have to, you you know, it depends on it depends. Times have changed now, so for fourteen year olds, seventy thousand pounds, seventy thousand pounds would be like, you know, it would be a drop in the, you know, the ocean. It it will have changed. Times will have moved. So what we also have to take into consideration that if the opportunity comes for a young lad, it doesn't only change their life; it changes their family's life around them. and you also have to be aware of that. Um, you also have to be aware of that, you know, you're, you're, one, of, you're one of a million kids. And, and, you know, as much as you think it's going to happen to you, I've, I have felt for, for years and years and years that when I signed for £70,000, that that was it. I'm, hmm. I'm done. I'm, I've arrived. And, and you'll soon realise that, you know, no matter how much you're worth, it's, it's that money's not an option anymore. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, you just have to do what's right for you, what's right for your family, I guess, and and, and mainly, you know, you have to uh, you have to think about your future and, and where you're going to be looked after. And what, what point um, did you
0: decide to sort of walk away from? Bert, what happened with Burton then, and, and you sort of t- t- yeah. t- looking away from football yeah. as a as a main career? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I I can't, I, I kind of got to a point where. Where everything around, everything in my private life took over to be honest, and football wasn't even becoming I I didn't even think about. Like I said, I didn't think about training, and, and now in hindsight, if it, you know, looking back in it, my manager probably, if he, if he was to listen to these things, Jesus Christ, that's probably that's why he wasn't coming because you know I, I, just didn't, I didn't take football yeah. seriously at all towards the end of my. Um, Towards the end of the and area. no one at Burton realised there's something wrong. They must have guessed there must have been no. something in the background that you weren't, you well, weren't they, showing up. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they, they must have had an idea that something was going on because wow, you, 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 for a for a what's the word here? Um for a, I'm trying to think of it. So duty of care. Yeah. and then you know, them looking at their players and knowing their players that they, they must have spotted that something wasn't right because, you know, as I say. I, I wasn't turning up, I was taking injuries, I was I was more bothered about getting in and checking my phone at half time. I, just little things that you know. So you were check, checking training. scores
0: and race results on half time. Yeah, correct
1: and correct mean, like just stuff like after training, just getting straight off after training rather than doing extra and that wasn't me. That that's never been me really. I've always been one to to you know, to go that extra mile, but for, for that particular time I just didn't. Mm. I just didn't and
0: when, when, So, when did it all sort of come to a head and you kind of walk away from it?
1: Um, it, was, it, it was after, it was after Bert, well, to be honest, after Burton, I went to um, Sully Hall Moors. Yeah. Um, and again... What level of Sully Hall Moors there? Again, conference, conference yeah. conference. yeah, so I went to Sully Hall and I was there for 12 months. And again, I, I, when I'm on the pitch, it's, it's quite sad. It is quite sad. When I'm on the pitch, I'm a good like without being I'm a good player, but it was off the field that was letting me down for on the field because you have to, you have to be committed, you have to want to learn, you have to, even now, you know, you need to, you have to go that extra mile. Yeah. You can't, things aren't just given to and you. In life. Solly Hull
0: were full-time, were they? So it was a job, it was daily training.
1: When I was there, it was, they were just turning full-time. Um, so, they were just turning full-time at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, they're definitely full-time mm-hmm. um, because that was a couple of years ago. Um, but, as I say, it was just it, yeah, you know, you it, it, just commitment levels. I just like, you have to you have to be committed in in, in in any walk of life, you know, no matter what you do, you have to have a passion for it, and you have to be committed. And, and I just wasn't um, because of what was going on in my head off the field. I just wasn't giving giving my all to be honest. Yeah,
0: I sp- obviously you can uh, you were connected with me through John Finnegan, former Cheltenham Town player. who I know you've spoken to yeah. about your, your your work now to to help others. Young players, But what, what have the last couple of years been like? Because I, I saw an article um, and John Palmer, the local journalist in Gloucestershire, put me in touch with an
1: article about yourself and, and you'd worked at Lloyds, did you? is that
0: right? You'd done some work for the bank? Yes,
1: correct. So I, I, I had a brief spell with Lloyds Bank, um, which was very good for me. When I, when I was at Solihull, I thought, you know, I, I had to make a decision again, where was my career going to take me? Um, and what, you know, what sort of, where was it going to go to next? You know, where... And I, I, look, I was looking at jobs and I, I got a job at Lloyds Bank, which was very grounding and, and gave me the, the, you know, the kind of the, the details that I would never have learned mm. playing football. You know, how to, how to write a professional email, how to, you know how to, what, you know, how to dress, you know, getting up at nine, doing a nine to five job. And it grounded me really. And it, it made me start seeing things differently. Did you like that structure then? Um, because as you say, in a football club, you can only train for so many hours a day. It gives you a lot of free time. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, it, it was it was difficult to sort of uh, to to get to grips with, um, if I'm totally honest. And, but for me, it was good. It was, it was what I needed, and it, it was that sort of. I remember looking in the mirror one day and thinking, "How how have I got to how have I got to here?" Sort of thing. And and that's when I kind of contacted the PFA and said, um, "Guys, you know, I'm reaching out um, for the first time. I need some help." And mm. and that, that was excellent. Um, And ever since, I've been um, in contact with Sporting Chance. Yeah. Um, And they are, again, I've been, I think, for 17, 18, 19 weeks, um, every week. um, You've been 19 19
0: weeks without gambling, is that...
1: Yeah, so it's it's been the, since the start. Of, I think it was the start of started of this year to so the end of last year.
0: Yeah. Wow. The, the temporary lockdown would have helped in terms of that, but now the sports back. So there's temptation there. Of
1: course, of course. And there's always, you know, it's not it's it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to to conquer. And it, I'm not I'm not saying to anyone that it would be. It's not. You know, it's difficult every day. But for me, it's it's more about. I think now it's kind of what i what I noticed as well. It was that was filling a hole for how I was feeling. Mm which is what you know which is because I wasn't I wasn't feeling content and happy playing at birth and at the time So gambling took over um and then when I was at Lloyd, I wasn't content and it wasn't something I wanted to be doing in life mm. um and then when I found what I'm doing now um it's sort of I don't even think about it you know I haven't got enough hours in the day to think about doing that because I'm more focused on so you're working, you're working with young
0: players are you bet, now correct day, day yeah, basis. So.
1: Correct daily basis, yeah. So de- dealing with um, with um, a lot of players um, and young people that struggle, um, whether it be doesn't it have to be with um, addictions, but struggle uh, mentally, mm. um, and just trying to trying to um, rather than putting them in a, a one-to-one basis of sitting across um, on a table um, with a counsellor, it's dealing with them um, on the football field, yeah. coaching and one to one coaching because you you're, you're uh, still young it
0: must resonate with them as well and your your story is so fresh that that must help
1: correct absolutely that, that 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 was the big thing for me when i when i sort of started thinking about doing this um, was if i had someone you know we had many people come into the football club when we was when we was um and I was at Burton, Stoke, et cetera, talking about this. Um, but that was of an age that had played many, many league games, um, made a great career, punditries, etc., etc., et, cetera, et cetera, at the game that would come in. And it just didn't relate to me. I used to look and I used to think, well, you know, he's turned up in a brand, brand new top of the range car, beautiful watch, man. Mm. You know, you look the part like, I can't relate. to, You know, I, I, I wish I was in your shoes, but they were saying, you don't want yeah. to do what I've done. But I was thinking, I'd love to be in your shoes. So it didn't relate to me. Ha- well, ha- Whereas, you, you
0: mentioned happiness. How important is it for these guys to try and have a happy life rather than become fixated, as you say, because uh, the chances of making it to the elite are so slim and so, so much down to, to not only hard work, but fortune of, of someone you know, picking you and, and the opportunities opening up. How, how important is it to enjoy the, the here and now? Because these teenage years are important for people, aren't they? These are the formative years of life.
1: And you're absolutely right, Ed. I think for me, it would be, it become more of a... I've I, I become fixated on having to having to succeed rather than rather than thinking about what what opportunity and how how fortunate I was you know to be playing at Man U's Carrington training ground against you know Rashford was you know the year below me playing the wow. year. I played you know played against Jack Grealish played with him played with him you know who, who, was, the best, who was the best player life. you played against was it Grealish Jack, yeah uh, yeah it's Jack I would have to say by an absolute country mile, um, by a, by a country mile. Um, you know, I was good friends with him growing up as well and, you know, we had, you know, it was, that, but I didn't look at it like that. I looked at, I I have to be better and I took it for granted really and now looking back on it, I regret that because... So you have to enjoy you know,
0: the ride. That's the message, is it? Correct.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Enjoy, enjoy it while it lasts because, you know, it doesn't last forever, whether or not, I'm, I'm only young, but it doesn't, you could finish at my age or you could finish at 40, but I'm sure even the older people that will tell you it doesn't last forever. So, Whilst you've got the opportunity, just keep enjoying it, and and, and then because when it goes, like you're missing it. Yeah. So like it was, it was only once I stopped playing that I started to really, 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 really miss it. Can, can you enjoy it? Uh, can you enjoy it now playing at Bracknell? Do you feel you can you can sort of just play absolutely. play for fun? Absolutely, and that's that's exactly what you know. That's 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 where it gets to, but then that's how people succeed. Once you start taking that that sort of that kind of what's the word um, at mindset. That, yeah, so once you start playing with a happiness in that, you'll start noticing players will naturally become better. The lads that come through the lower leagues tend to go on to have more successful career mm. than the lads that start at the top. They have that... Because they've they've got more of a hunger and yeah, happiness. And have and, a
0: deflation and... from being released a bit. It's a sort of depressing effect, I guess, it can have.
1: Correct. And when, when you start at the top, and you you know once you're at the top, you can't go anywhere else. So the only way you go in is down, and that becomes difficult. Mm. Whereas mm. whereas you're starting at the bottom and you're working your way up through the ranks, you, you, you're getting more confident, more confident, more confident. And, and you're slowly growing as a person and a player. Whereas when you start at the top, there's only one way for you, unfortunately. And it, it's either, you know, it's it's either down or you stay at that level, which is very difficult to do because there's always someone looking to take a yeah. place. And then you can get injured so, or loss of form. Correct. Or, yeah, there's loads of different things correct. that can happen. Isn't so that's, that, that's where I believe, you know, if you can start low at work you way up
0: you've got more of an opportunity what, what, which um, so are you actually working out on behalf of sporting chance or on behalf of the PFA ben yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. correct yeah so I've been doing work with um, going into all different um, football clubs and obviously my, my experiences um, and where that will, where that will you know help others etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, and just given really i 'm not here to tell anyone how to live their life or what to do is just really just to say what wrongs I've done, and if you do feel like this, you need to speak to someone because I know for a the fact there's many players in the game that yeah. are feeling like that are scared to speak out. So, Sporting Chance is a charity, is that set up by the PFA or is that a separate organization? Um, no, it's, it's a separate organization, yeah, it's a separate organization, yeah. Um, so, but I'm doing work with many organizations, and I've done work with um, Gamcare, Gamble Aware, um, just trying to kind of not really trying to overcome, but just trying to do as much as I can for as many people as I can, to help as many people as I can, really. Yeah, uh, that's powerful. And Yeah, and I've also, just to touch upon, um, I've started a position as well, because obviously during this I've, I've started to realise that one thing for sure is that I could help younger people. So I've started a position with Paramount Sports Management, okay. um, which is a football agency run by Daryl Powell. Yep. Um, who used to play for Derby? Yeah. Um, Mid- midfielder, midfield, in the yeah. World Cup. Yeah, 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 midfielder. So, um, again, that was through the TFA. So, I was doing a, a qualification with the Sports Institute of Barcelona with football management and marketing. Okay, um, and Daryl was, Darryl was on my course, and I'm, I'm like a bit like I have contacted you know how I contact you. I'm a bit of a cheeky chap, and just thought the worst he can say is no. So I contacted him and asked for the opportunity, and yeah, he's given me the opportunity to. Uh, do some work there as well with Paramount, which is good. So you're actually working with young players who are signed to clubs through Paramount. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. um So yeah, it's a you know, football agency. So it's just a game for for them as well, I'm trying to be a mentor for young lads there, and also trying to get young lads on board that may have been in a position that I'm in that just need a bit of guidance. Because if I had the guidance, to probably stay at Stoke and keep my mouth shut, yeah, and just work hard. I might not be in the position I'm in today. And if anyone listens to this podcast, parents
0: who are concerned about their, their, their son or daughter going through the professional ranks of football, would you? Yeah. Would, could they reach out to you on social media? And, most yeah. definitely.
1: Most definitely. You know, social media. I'm Ben Markle. Mm. Um, I know which is Markle is M-A-R-K-A-double L, um, and that's Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Um, and yeah, most definitely. you know, anyone that and it's you know, it's not to be here to say oh. Sure. anything, you know, all just to help anyone con- contact. I'd be more than happy to help anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's even people that aren't in the professional game. If anyone's struggling, um, you know, I've got my own organization, premier progress, yeah. um, which is solely to obviously help people that are struggling. Um, so please, yeah, if anyone needs listening that just needs a bit of guidance, reach out because it can be lonely when you're uh, going through a difficult time. Yeah, well, I,
0: I live in Cheltenham. There's a few, I'm sure, parents are around here who have aspirations for their kids and and, and, mm-hmm. and particularly Cheltenham Town fans as well. You, you said you reflect mm-hmm. positively on the club. Do you felt it was a well-run club and a, a good club absolutely,
1: um, absolutely, most definitely a, 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 a brilliant club. Um, you know, it, from when I was there... It, it, Really, really good club. Really well run. And I think at the moment in time, um, from what I see and from, you know, when I speak to people that are still there, um, it looks like a club that's really on the move and on the up. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I really yeah, I wish them well. It's a club that... You know, I always, always have a place in my heart and, yeah, very good club. To League Two club, like a lot of
0: clubs that level, <laughs> you know, they've done well actually with transfers. I think there's a little bit of money in the kitty that's, that's seen them through this time. But how concerned are you from someone that's mixed at different levels of football with the lower leagues because of the, the current pandemic? I mean, that must be adding stress them. to young players as well, I suppose, at this time, because their futures are, yeah. are going to be impacted by the, the lack of money kicking around the game.
1: Totally, totally. Um, I think that's yeah, that's a big concern, isn't it, for all for all clubs, um, I think for all clubs, apart from the big the big hitters, uh, just because you know no one there's no security, and especially the young lads, um, I think it'd be a very concerning time just because they will be the first obviously first to go if they 've got no experience mm. um, so it, it, it's, it's very difficult times and I guess... There, might
0: be, there may be an opportunity for those youngsters as well, though, might They might there, because they may not have money to sign an older players. I guess, is an
1: argument. Yeah, I, I, I think the thing is, I think um, it, what we've got to remember with football as well, it is, it is a dug-eat sport, so um, you know, you have to look out for yourself, number one, um, and you also, you know, you have to, in the current climate, My my sort of my sort of answer to anyone would be whatever opportunities there, take it with two hands and just treasure it because it's difficult. And if someone's willing to give you an opportunity at the moment, mm. you're obviously doing something. Uh, something don't right. don't overthink
0: it or worry too much. Is it? Correct.
1: Yeah, correct, absolutely. You know, but it, these times will pass. I'm sure they will. And the football clubs, I'm sure, have uh, equipped themselves right to move forward. Hopefully, fans can get in soon. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I think there's a pilot schemes, uh-huh. is isn't it? Yeah, this weekend. Yeah, there is going to be. Sure. I know Cambridge United are going to have a few people in, I believe, and, and hopefully a few more clubs mm-hmm. in, in different sports as well. And I, I work a bit in boxing, so it'd be good if we can get some some mm-hmm. guys in for small hall shows there as well, which will help mm-hmm. help the lower Absolutely. lower ends of that sport and other sports too. And Gloucester Rugby locally are, have um, faced a challenge like all the, the Premiership rugby clubs in terms of getting you know getting people in and getting money in. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask you, Ben, before you, before we wrap up and appreciate mm-hmm. your time, but what point do we know and this is probably an individual question when a, a sort of a hobby becomes a, a negative habit because with gambling now a lot of people it's, it's ubiquitous the advertising for it uh, it's a big part of sport funding in terms of the money side which i guess sport won't turn away from at the moment particularly it's got no gate money coming in but what point do you with it on our phones do we do we think it's a problem is it something psychologically when you when you, when you can't leave it is that the key
1: yeah, I think I think. Let me just let me um, just summarise my opinion straight away. Gambling isn't a problem, and I think there's a place for it in society, one hundred percent, because it helps our economy. Um, and to be honest, I do think some of the organisations do some great work. Um, I believe the problem is comes from with the person within, mm. and this is solely this is solely um, my opinion. So, if anyone's listening, I don't want them to take that. So wrong. it's like alcohol. That's or my thing, opinion. Yeah. Correct. It's like you know, you're not you're not forced to place a bet. You're not forced, and if you do place so, bet you're not forced to put thousands of pounds on. Mm. Um, some people can, you know, of my family, I grew up with gambling, normal life. And my grandparents do it; and they put pounds, one pound, two pound, and they, they get enjoyment from it. So there is no, yeah. there is no right and wrong to gambling. I don't believe at all. I think the problem comes within if you can't contain that willingness to, to, to resist putting thousands of pounds on then you need to go and get a Yeah.
0: If you can't go a day without it. So it's like if you, if you can't go that a day without alcohol, you know, kind of know you've got a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. And, if you,
1: and if you spend, to be honest, if you're putting a pound on a day, that's no problem. But if you're spending without, within, you know, not within your means and you're exceeding what you can afford to put on, then you need to get, you know, you need to look to get help because there's one thing for sure. No gambler wins. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing for sure. So, funny, you know, you never win. It's
0: funny you mentioned your grandparents because my granddad was a painter and decorator and he wasn't a
1: massive football fan, bizarrely, but he always did the pools. <laughs> so he'd always be there. Yeah, trying yeah. Trying to figure out. It's the
0: same. Yeah, always. Yeah.
1: And that's, that's just, it's, I think it's, you know, and that's my point. It's not, it's, the problem is with today and today's society as well is we all want more. You know, we look on Instagram and who's got the nicest car, who's got the nicest trainers. Yeah. So what way, what way can you, what way can you sustain that lifestyle by maybe putting, Money on stuff, and yeah, I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win funds, and so I think that's where the young people are, are trying to. The problems come for young people, it's not necessarily about gambling, it's about the lifestyle that they want that they're trying to fund via gambling. Yeah, uh, that's what I did. I tried to live a lifestyle from gambling, like nice clothes, nice cars, you know, fancy shoes, fancy holidays. And, and in the end, you can't. And there are, prof- can't there are professional
0: it. gamblers, aren't they? But that's a very much yeah. scientific approach, that's that you a, have to really go about it. And that's,
1: absolutely and that's a different that's a different ball game you know then people are doing it day in day out for for 30 years and know what they're doing you know i wasn't that person i was looking you know maybe have a look at what favorite was running and having a big bet on it to see if it would win and that was it yeah yeah particularly horse racing
0: is so much sort of information
1: you need to know about kind of things to get a picture of it yeah correct it's you can't you know you can't just do it blindly and expect to 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 know what you're doing um but people do. And as I say, I think it's honestly just to try and live a, live a lifestyle, if I'm totally honest. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we, well great that you've, um, you know, at such a young age, you've got a bright future ahead of you. And you're speaking very eloquently here. And I really wish you the best of luck with the work you're doing. It's fantastic. Thank you. And, Thank you. and um, it's really Ben Mark on social media, very simple. that we'll, People can reach out yeah. to you and, and um, good luck with the projects. And let us know if you, if, you, if you come down to Cheltenham Town, give me a shout or grab a coffee or something, mate.
1: Perfect. Really appreciate it, Ed. You're welcome, Ben. Good luck. Thank you. Take care. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, mate.
0: So there we have it, Ben Markle. Very interesting, that particularly lucid and insightful, introspective and articulate, I think, for a 24-year-old who hasn't gone through the standard necessarily education system or university or anything like that, but clearly someone who's reflected on his troubles, which seems is so recent for for me the past 10 years has has flown by. But for him, what a what a kind of roller coaster to be a 13 70 pound prize asset for stoke with lots of big clubs interested in you and then to see that dream kind of dissipate and and then the sort of segue and descent into a gambling addiction and he sort of articulates it well there how that sort of i guess addiction develops that dopamine rush that distraction it's all he began to think about in a way to to alleviate the stress of maybe a situation and the disappointment of, of leaving Stoke. But if you like that, really appreciate if you could uh, like it on iTunes, follow Ben Markle on social media. I know he's on the main platforms and LinkedIn as well and doing good work now as a mentor. And I think young players will really identify with a 24 year old. I think it's kind of of their, their sort of um, era really in a sense, isn't it? It's not too much of a difference that he can explain these things that are really true and real. Interesting, I thought, from a technological perspective that he gambled in a bookmaker's rather than on his phone because that's, that's the lament of a lot of uh, parents in particular concerned about gambling problems for their children that so easy on our phones. But he actually enjoyed that outing to go to a, an actual bookmaker's shop and place a bet and kill time, I guess, as well. Um, that's another potential hazard for young players is that if you're – if you're not in full-time education, that you can only train for a couple of hours a day and you have a lot of time on your hands. But I hope you enjoyed that. Get in touch with Ben on social media. Let him know as well. If you can rate it on iTunes, fantastic. Thank you to you for listening. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olofson of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations and remember cytoplan.co.uk as we head into autumn and winter in the UK particularly the sniffles will be upon us the coughs the colds Um, if you want to load up with with supplements immune optimizing supplements from cytoplan.co.uk then you can get a a discount 10% discount my last name Draper10 so that's D R A P E R, all capital letters then the numbers one and zero. I hope you're well, I hope you have a great week. It's kind of still that Indian summer in the air in the UK. Hazy start but yeah I can see the sun breaking through now this morning It should be another fine day and I uh, hope you get to enjoy it. I hope you're well and all the anxieties over health and money and uncertainty that sort of uh, envelop much of the world amidst this, uh, this situation, pandemic, lots of complex nuanced thoughts out there as we uh, want to keep everyone healthy but also To keep society going and and keep our futures as rosy as possible. But yeah, thank you for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it. And goodbye for now. Take care.